0: Can you ever really be prepared for having a baby? It's such an exciting time, but it can also be filled with a lot of new worries, self-doubt, sleep deprivation, and it can also be quite the juggling act. Happy as new moms and dads are, it's a lot. Today, my guest is Dr. Devon Keenslaw, a family physician with obstetrics delivering in Cascade Valley Hospital in Arlington. Today, we're going to talk about safeguarding your mental health as a new parent. This is Be Well with Skagit Regional Health. I'm your host, Maggie McKay. Welcome Dr. Kay. so happy to have you here today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yeah, same here. You know, parenthood, especially the first time around, it can be daunting and overwhelming along with all the good. So what are some of the mental health struggles that new parents encounter?
1: Well, I, I think the first thing to understand about mental health and new parents is that it is kind of all over the place, right? I mm-hmm. think, especially with new parents, it's a super exciting time. There's tons of happy emotions, and usually that's the kind of the pinning emotion that holds it all together. But mixed in there, sometimes it's a lot of stress, anxiety, exhaustion, there are times just it's an emotional roller coaster for new parents, and that's for just the newborn period, let alone once you know your kid's starting to get older, basically. I almost right. feel like that newborn period is kind of like this you know the refiner's fire for once you have a toddler, and then oh my gosh, when you have teenagers, you know
0: <laughs> yeah, waiting for the other shoe to drop what exactly. What signs or symptoms should new parents look out for when it comes to mental health?
1: yeah, so. You know, I, a lot of new parents have heard about the postpartum blues, and those are, are normal things for the most part. Postpartum blues happen in 40% of all pregnancies. And what that those emotions are pretty standard. They kind of come in in the first few days. It's a whole, like I was talking about, a mix of emotions, moments of sadness or crying mixed with happiness and kind of a loss of what to do with those emotions. And those last, by definition, really resolve by a couple of weeks. But what I you know, really teach our new moms to really be aware of is when those things start going beyond two weeks, you know, or when it just becomes incontrollable, right? Where those emotions start to persist, you know, you can't get out of an of an episode of crying and tearfulness, or you start mm-hmm. to have negative thoughts towards yourself, or particularly your, your, your new child, which it's, it's part of what can happen when these emotions start to run wild in this I tell parents also to to know that that's not a bad thing, that it's not a, you know, it's nothing to say about their own parenting, and it's just something to ask for help for.
0: Is it related to hormones? Because sometimes it seems like it's just beyond your control postpartum.
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely is related to hormones. You've got a whole new shift in hormones. You're, something I talk about, again, with parents is just that they're not just Hormonally going through a whole lot of changes. The oxytocin is flowing. All sorts of things. Progesterone's coming in, but also just their physiology has changed so much. You know, they just they just lost a whole being that their body was taking care of, and then on top of that, their exhausted they're not sleeping the same they're best breastfeeding every two to three hours so it's it's just a huge mix of things that contributes it and it's no fault of their own there are certain things that definitely put us at risk of having postpartum depression or other bigger struggles and and I mean we can talk more about that but those are things also to talk about with your provider
0: and you brought up breastfeeding to me that was so exhausting I mean just that alone you're already sleep deprived because you have to you know breastfeed every so so many hours but it just seemed like it makes you so tired if a new mom or dad dr. K is experiencing any of these symptoms what steps would you recommend
1: yeah so the first step is being on a good term with with your primary OB provider you know or any provider that you have Close and good access to, and letting them know that you're struggling a little bit. because it's like I said, that that's nothing it's nothing to be ashamed of is really the moral of that story you know these things can happen and sometimes we need some extra help the other things to know what to do is to talk to your partner or some other close person to talk about your emotions and how they're feeling not only so you have someone to talk to and someone to vent with but also to help you keep track of where things are going sometimes a close partner or close friend or family member is a little bit better at saying like oh yeah you know last week you were feeling that way and it's changed you know it's either gotten better or it's gotten worse it can be Mm -hmm. hard for us especially like you said when you're so absolutely exhausted of trying to keep track of one more thing you know it's it's hard right
0: i think correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like a lot of women don't want to admit to postpartum because they feel ashamed and you keep saying it's no fault of your own but i think moms can't get past that and they don't know because it's their first time around sometimes i think you know when you're In the hospital and you're going to be released you have to fill out this whole form about postpartum and answer all these questions and I wonder if somebody just answers them just to get released you know even though they are suffering from postpartum and they think "Oh, I'll be okay when I get home I just want to get out what happens when when that is an issue like they get home and then you know the husband calls you or the friend and says my wife does have postpartum and now she's home
1: yeah so the 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 most important thing is that you get that earlier appointment and that's okay there's nothing there's two things that can happen i think is one is you, someone just wants to get out of the hospital or two often they they in that moment they do feel great but it can change so rapidly right. you know where or or just the like you said that it seems like something that's going to be okay and then, you know, maybe it is the next day or two days or three days later where you say, oh, actually, you know, it, it's it's not okay. One thing I love about my specific position as a family medicine physician is that I get to see mom and baby together. You know, I see a newborn at like a three-day-old visit or so, and then I see them again at two weeks old. And every time I get this little bit of a check-in with mom, and it's amazing to me how really that things do change rapidly. And that's that's also a a normal thing to be happening and it's just it's just a huge adjustment right
0: right I always kind of felt a little bad just a little (laughs) for my (laughs) husband because I think oh the poor dad is just like kicked to the curb and no one's paying attention to him and you know they're tired too they don't know what's going on with the wife they're trying to learn everything do you take care of the husband's or the partner's well-being as well
1: I do, actually, yeah. And that's, again, sort of this kind of unique spot that I get as a family medicine physician. But yeah, it's always kind of, it's funny that you mention it like that because you almost like just quoted how my visits go. You know, we talk about the baby. I spend a lot of time really talking to mom about, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you How worn out from breastfeeding are you? You know, mm-hmm. I talk about, like, also breastfeeding, total tangent here, but it's its own struggle, you know, because you're trying oh, to yeah. figure it out, and you're like, gosh, am I doing good enough? Am I producing the milk I need to? So right. I we talk about all that stuff, and then at the end, I kind of say, Dad, you matter too. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and more often than not, the dad's like, oh, yeah, I'm just hanging on, you know, I'm here for her. And that's kind of the counsel I usually give actually is, you know, remember that you have mental health and you can be exhausted and it's okay for you to ask for help too. We don't right. see the same rates of like, like a postpartum depression in in men, but I do, you know, I also always wonder in my own kind of internal processing of like, oh no, know, you know, it is, they're exhausted too. And sometimes they need help and it's important that we need to ask them to
0: so if the partner or spouse sees a change in the other person whether it's the mom or the dad and how should they approach them so they don't get defensive or how can they get them to open up and possibly seek help if they need it
1: oh my gosh that is that is a great question the first step I think actually happens before the baby's born right well and first Mm -hmm. off postpartum depression. we call it postpartum depression in the postpartum period, but it can start during pregnancy too. we We talk sometimes about prevention, postpartum depression prevention, and we, we find people that are at more higher risk, whether it's because of a history of depression. sometimes we we really actively treat before it even comes in wow. before the postpartum period's even around. And that can mean different things, you know, whether that's therapy or talking or having a plan in place or medications. But to get back to your question like i said the real first thing is having with every pregnancy every family every set of parents to say hey you remember that after the baby's born things can be great and you know it's okay and to talk about these things and to talk about your emotions and that's definitely a big thing that i ask women often is do you feel comfortable with your partner expressing how they feel about you or if they have concerns and are you going to be able to handle that conversation and making a plan of sometimes it's more of like a code word thing or or it's a plan of you know yeah i just would like them to write it down for me or or something like that you know
0: excuse me to be honest i have to tell you when i was in the hospital and i got that postpartum form i did not tell the truth because i want to go home and my husband is watching me fill it out and he said come on you have to be honest and i said don't worry about it just want to go mm-hmm. home. And he was like, trying to convince me, there's a reason they give you this, you know, this form. So I guess what I'm saying is, do you stress to people how important it is to be honest on those inquiries?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. And it, and it's tricky, because I think a lot of times it's really, it's, it's having a relationship. Like for me, I always hope anyways, that I have a relationship with my patient where they feel like they can be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, and because I also, I get to see my patients through their prenatal care and then also deliver them typically as long as, you know, I don't know, running away on vacation or something. (laughs) But I I hope to always have a good relationship with my patients so that they can be honest with me. But the reality is that, yeah, you're right. I think people sometimes just want to get out of the hospital. And I stress the importance that, you know, answering honestly isn't going to, you know, no one's going to worry that you're not going to take care of your baby, that you're a bad parent, or that or that we're going to keep you in the hospital longer, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's about we ask those questions to have a plan to see. Hey, this is what we need to do for the next week, right? Or oh, for the next good. couple of weeks. Or it's not to. It's the it's we ask the questions to make a plan, not to trap someone in with us because we <laughs> want you guys home with it. We want the parents home with their babies too, right? Yeah. We know right. actually that families do better when they're at home. That's why mm-hmm. we I we try to get them home as soon as we can. Right. Cause who likes to live in a hospital longer than you have to?
0: Especially now,
1: with. Yeah. yeah.
0: The pandemic. Dr. K, parents can read all the books, take all the breathing and breastfeeding classes and prep classes. And somehow, when that baby arrives, it seems like you're still not prepared. So, how do you get parents to feel comfortable ahead of time before the baby comes? Or is that even possible? How do you prepare them?
1: Yeah, I guess. I, I honestly say that it's, I don't know if it is possible. And that's what that's the advice I give to people. Whatever happens afterwards, the first step is just being okay with it. Right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's your emotional trials or just, gosh, I didn't realize how hard it was gonna be to put on a diaper in the middle of the night. I mean that's what happened with our my first kid. I, my wife found <laughs> me the next morning and I had a diaper wrapped around the kid's knees and, <laughs> <laughs> and she said, Don't you know how to put on a diaper? And I, I oh no, I forgot it at some point in the middle of the night. <laughs> but um uh, but yeah, just kind of just being willing to say that, yeah, you know, parenting is different every single time for every parent, and we're all just doing our best. Mm-hmm. And, and we do all the little extra things to, so, you know, have the breast pump in place, and you know, have a plan in case emotions don't go the way that we're hoping to. You know, we have all our our the parent bag basically of all the newborn supplies ready to go and all those things help to decrease a little bit of stress. Having a support person at home if you need them ready mm-hmm. for you. But in the end, you know, that's that's the whole thing. You don't know when baby's coming and and you just have to be willing a little bit to say, you know we're just going to go with the flow.
0: All right, running on faith, I guess, like that Eric Clapton song. Exactly. Um, wh- <laughs> What's the most common misconception do you think about being a new parent?
1: Yeah, that is a that is a great question. I think the most common complaint not to go off of exactly what we were just talking about, but is that you can that we can plan it all out. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to plan everything we possibly can. I mean, you're talking to the guy that was really just saying like, "Oh, have a plan in place." But but I think that's our biggest misconception is that we think we can control things mm-hmm. and we have to be willing to you know that common saying if i can say it right but let go of the things you can't control and
0: right and, and those books go with that. That? what to expect those books what to expect when you're expecting i read it cover to cover i'm like afterwards i'm like why did i even read that you know i mean i'm not putting the book down obviously it's helpful but like you say you never know till that baby has arrived and you figure it out as you go along Mm. and i know we're focusing on new parents but just out of curiosity what about parents who are having their second or third baby because that must come with a whole new set of challenges because you have other kids at home you treat them the same way uh mental issue wise
1: i treat them the same way as as first-time parents and I, i what i tell them is that every you know every pregnancy is a little bit different Every kid, baby, is a little bit different, and so, and and honestly, I mean, so I have two children, and that's what I say to everyone is, you know, our kids are only apart by two years, wow. and. And I totally forgot, you know, by the time the second kid came, I had already forgotten how to be a parent. And so, mm-hmm. you know, or how to be a newborn parent anyways, right? right? right. And so I, I tell people that expectation also like, hey, my expectation is that you forgot everything and that it's okay and that this is all for the first time all over again. And I feel like that's hopefully helpful because sometimes the emotions might be different mm-hmm. and we can beat ourselves up for saying it wasn't like this before. You know, mm-hmm. or what's wrong with me? Why was I don't remember it like this before right. or whatever it is. And that's the I think the real one of the things of like, yeah, like how to safeguard our mental health is to have a whole darn lot of patience with ourselves and a lot of self-compassion and and knowing that, you know, we're just all doing our best here and take the that's- village.
0: That's great, doesn't it? It's so true. So when families grow older, since we're on that, what positive mental health strategies can parents model for their children?
1: Yeah, a lot, you know, I talk to a lot of parents when we do all the, you know, every, we see every kid every year and have all these well child checks, right? And one of these things that is a frequently recurring thing is consistency, so consistent disciplinary methods. And that's, we talk about that with kids, but it also means for parents and with each other, right? It's kids, children thrive on consistency, right? Anytime we introduce variables, and that can be also our own emotional health, our own, the way we talk, the way we discipline, the way we interact with each other as parents or partners. I think that is a huge thing that helps to be a good example for our children. And just think, you know, that that's basically to always act with love and patience again. I know I'm like a diet, I'm like a, What's that the stuck record, basically, but always the, always kind of just consistently patience and love. And then we know lots of sorts of things about like with children, we talk about different disciplinary methods that don't work, right? Like spanking mm-hmm. kids doesn't really work. Anger doesn't work. And we forget that again with parents and how they interact with each other. Everything right. about kids learning how they're going to behave is really not, I don't want to say 100% of the time, but. A lot of it is reflective of of how their parents act with each other.
0: True. Dr. K, this has been so helpful. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't touch on? I love the part you said about being compassionate with yourself.
1: Yeah. I'd probably just put more emphasis on that, honestly. Compassionate with ourselves, with our partners, with our situation. I mean, for me as a physician, that's my probably biggest thing is, is having compassion and empathy for everyone's different situations. and then. To reflect again on that thing of of you know, gosh, I just wanted to get out of the hospital. I was willing to fill out those sheets, however it happened. Mm -hmm. It it however I felt like would help me get out of there. I think that you know you should be filling out those sheets at every one, the newborn visit, the well child visit, and sometimes we have this expectation of filling them out a certain way. And I can't emphasize to me the most the most important part for me, I guess, as a physician, the most important thing to me is that. I have a relationship with my patients where they can trust me and know me and and be totally honest mm-hmm. and I would emphasize that all everyone that's listening today of gosh you know please just be sure to be as open and honest as you can be with yourself with your partner and with your providers because everyone just wants to be on that same team.
0: Right, it'll make it go much smoother, don't you think? Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much Dr. K. This has been great. Very helpful information. I appreciate you being here.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. It really was, it was, it was fun.
0: Great. To learn more, please visit SkagitRegionalHealth.org. That's S-K-A-G-I-T. This has been Be Well with Skagit Regional Health. I'm Maggie McKay. Thank you for listening.